You're listening to the Homegrown Faith Podcast. I'm Joe Clark, and I'm chatting with my fellow pastor and friend, Richard Sweatman, about God, the Bible, and life lived growing our faith in Jesus. This podcast is coming to you from Hunter Bible Church in Newcastle. Hey there, Joe. How are you? I am good, thank you, Richard. And you? Yeah, great to uh, catch up with you again this week. Um, mm-hmm. What's been happening? Well, I have become a true Newcastle person oh, in that wow. I've decided to, I've long wondered what the trucks or, you know, utes that drive past me with ARTC are all about. I don't know if you've seen them, but they're around Newcastle, they're around Narrabri, and I've always wondered what these ARTC trucks are. Oh, yeah, good. Anyway, yeah, so... I got. I decided to start Googling, and it turns out the ARTC is about the Australian Rail Track Corporation. Oh, you're learning stuff. And I, this is cool. Yeah. This is a little bit – people are going to find out a bit about my personality right now because this is what happens. I find out something, and then I decide to go down a rabbit warren. Yeah. So I just wanted to share some facts that I have found since I started investigating the freight on rail thing. I'm, okay. I'm, so, I'm looking forward to these facts. Go ahead. Yeah. So basically, I over my house overlooks a freight line, mm-hmm. the Broadmeadow freight line. And um, one thing I have discovered by looking up the ARTC is that when you look at their information for the community, there are different kinds of noise management issues that come with living near a freight line that I had never really identified, but are just part of life. For instance, there's a difference between the sound that locomotives make, like the heavy engine noise. Mm-hmm versus the movement of wagons that do, 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 yep. middle of the night, heaps loud. And then there's track defects, which are slightly related to wheel squealing. <laughs> and both of those relate to the ma- the rail maintenance noise that needs to happen to maintain track defects and wheel squealing. So if you're living near a rail line and you've never put your time into thinking about what kind of noise your train the trains are actually making, you just know that there's some noise, those are different kinds of noise, right? So it's all been train noise has been broken down into categories. Yes, that's right. I but knew that. Then, yeah, I went to a nef- another level, Richard. <laughs> I thought, you know what? I would really like to watch a freight train go by and identify the different kinds of noises. Yeah, sure. So I thought, well, surely there's a freight train timetable out there. And this is what was really funny because I started Googling and um, it turns out which would make sense. It's actually quite hard to access freight train timetables, probably because logistically that would be sensitive information, like <laughs> highly valuable goods traveling yeah. on a line at different times. Sure. So the main things I discovered, particularly from the ARTC webpage, is that it's a 24-hour thing, freight trains. So then I thought, okay, ARTC, you're no good to me. I'm going, I'm going to the forums. Yeah. And I discovered something that is truly hilarious. <laughs> so I Googled <laughs> freight train timetables. And I found this webpage called railpage.com.au. And this guy, Newington, he says in this forum, I need to find, essentially, I need to find some train timetables. I'm just curious. So I think he's he's actually a train spotter. Yep. And there's a few people who are like, oh, it's really hard to find on the ARTC webpage. It's going to take you hours to find it. And then someone else is like, where do you actually find these STNs? Now, I'm not really sure what an STN <laughs> is, but I think it's a timetable. And then this is what's really funny. <laughs> One guy gets on, he says, these things should be password protected and not available to the great unwashed masses like they are now. And then he has an angry cat face. <laughs> That's it. Wow. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. So as a great unwashed mass member, 
I shouldn't be able to access a train timetable. I'm going to step away from the forum. Okay. <laughs> so this is what I've discovered. ARTC is about rail movement and there are different kinds of noises. And though I might want to find a timetable to discover more about those noises, it really shouldn't access them for some reason. And I gave up at that point. Yeah, yeah. So that's, this is like a, a confidential thing. There's a barrier. <laughs> you're on one side of the barrier. You're not in the in crowd of the freight train timetable. Well, yeah, I'm not. And I really felt like maybe I could get into discovering what kind of engines were passing my house and that if one day I had a small three- or four-year-old boy coming mm. along, I'd be like, yeah, that's a that's a T35 or something like that. Yeah. Um, that was just the number I pulled out of my head. But instead, I've decided to retire any aspiration to know anything more about my freight trains. Well, I, I think that's... Other than that they pass. That's a, a good approach. Have an interest, <laughs> learn something, have some fun, but uh, walk, walk away. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see how train timetables shouldn't be accessible by the great unwashed mass. <laughs> and so, <laughs> anyway, that's all from me. What about you, Richard? Uh, well, short one for me. Um, mm-hmm. State of origin. Joe, we, <laughs> you, you are a proud Queenslander. I am. And... Uh, <laughs> We've, I don't think we've, we've barely ever talked rugby league, but uh, yes. the state of origin is happening tonight. And yes. um, I would, thought I would share with you and our listeners that I actually quite like rugby league and uh, ah. I'm hoping to watch maybe the first half um, with Andy, who's very keen, and Alex, who's less so, but will probably join in. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of interested to hear, wh- what is your take feeling about state of origin, Joe? Okay. Do you mean state of origin 2020 COVID influence or general state of origin? Uh, as a general the, the concept of the thing. Like is this something you're passionate about? Yeah. Do you know the team, play, the, the players, the captain? Um, yeah. What does it mean to you my, as, a, as a Queensland? Yeah. My love for the state of origin battle peaked when I was living on campus at university in Newcastle, yep. uh, mainly because it was such a part of the community to be part of the, the games. Yep. And – and the on-campus Bible study reality, some of us went down to a game one year in Sydney yep. and it was so fun. Yeah. And I wore my oh, cool. my Queensland jersey proudly. We we lost both times I went down in person. So yeah. it was a happy time for everyone in the stadium bar the few who truly followed the right team. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think you can hear I love Queensland and I will always celebrate a victory. Um, but probably over the last few years my interest has not matched my passion. Uh, yep. for the win. So, yep. yeah, I wouldn't even know really who's on the team now. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about New South Wales, you know, being victorious? Would you actually feel genuinely sad if they lost tonight? Which uh, I would feel sad for about five minutes and that would be <laughs> it. Yeah. That's, I, would, I would be pretty excited. So, um, yep. No, I enjoy the games. The athleticism is amazing. The size of these guys running into each other is just frightening. Like, yeah, I don't. Think- and you hear the sound, and, and they hit each other, and you're like, "Whoa!" Yeah, <laughs> there's a Queenslander called Josh Papali who's huge. Oh yeah, he's massive. My whole family couldn't bring that guy down. Like, <laughs> probably our whole staff team couldn't bring that guy down. That's <laughs> incredible. So, um, yeah. So, are you going to watch any of it tonight, or you, you got other? You got more. Worthwhile things. To I'm do. gathering. I'm gathering with some sisters of Christ, sisters in Christ oh, good for, for a lovely dessert. <laughs> but no, I um I will enjoy reading the post match debrief afterwards. I just will say though, 
I don't think moving to the end of the year is ever going to be a winning strategy. Okay. Strategy. Yep. I think it definitely needs to be a mid-year kind of June, July, August thing. That's what I've been hearing as well. You're, you're on the same page as the uh, expert commentators I've been listening to and reading. <laughs> oh, thanks, Richard. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, have a great time with the boys. Yeah. That sounds fun. No, it should be. Mm. And, of course, I will say go Queensland. <laughs> okay, <great. laughs> with... Uh, on that note, should I share what I've been reading in the Bible? I think that would be excellent. What have you been reading? Uh, I have been reading through Isaiah at the moment, big chunks of Isaiah, and uh, enjoying that. Um, sometimes, I think I've shared this with you and our listeners, sometimes I read sort of large chunks and just sort of race along in some of these big books, and I think that's a good approach to Isaiah because it is quite long at 66 chapters. Mm. And uh, so I've been uh, up to chapter 17. And it's funny, the first half of Isaiah uh, has traditionally kind of been known as the, the more judgmenty part and the second half more of the uh, gospel-y part. Uh, mm. I think that's a character that's potentially unhelpful. But, um, uh, but I've, so I've been just enjoying both the grace and, and the judgment of uh, the first half of Isaiah. And Isaiah mm. chapter 17 um, it just gives great pictures of God and his holiness. Uh, he's in this chapter speaking against different nations, but also uh, Israel. And uh, I think today the verse that just stood out for me is uh, verse 10, um, it's, which says, For you have forgotten the God of your salvation, and you have failed to remember the rock of your strength. Uh, well, just the first half of that verse, really. He's talking about... Um, yeah, the, the, the judgment that is coming. But uh, that verse caught my attention because um, that theme of forgetting, of failing to remember, just struck home for me. I think for me it's a daily rest struggle, just remembering uh, God's goodness to me. And um, the challenge there, the way it talks about God, the God of your salvation and also the rock of your strength. Uh, I think I've been, like as we all do, Joe, perpetually um, putting too much value in my own strength and mm. uh, forgetting the rock of my strength, yeah, the God of my salvation. So, um, yeah, even though this verse is directed to Israel in their quite serious sin, I, I just yeah, grabbed hold of that and uh, thought, yes, that's what I need to hear and I need to make sure I don't forget the God of my salvation. Uh, or the rock of my strength. Mm. And when you think of rock, the what do do you sort of picture anything particular in your mind when you think of the God as the concept of a rock? Because there's so many different references mm. to God and the rock, particularly in Psalms and in the New Testament. Jesus is say a cornerstone or the the foundation. What what do you picture in your head, or is it more sort of conceptual for you? Mm, like, no, that's a really good question. Actually, it hadn't even occurred to me. I think I picture like a bit like Mount Sinai, a, yeah, a ge okay. geological rock structure that mm. uh, you might stand on or shelter around or, mm. um, yeah. I, I don't know if that's correct. Yeah, that's very interesting. That's that's what I picture. What, what, it's got what you have in your head. Do you have a default kind of rock image in your mind when you I probably just as we're talking and I just was wondering as you were talking about it, I've probably realized as we're talking that I think of it 
as a foundational rock, mm-hmm. like the cornerstone yeah. or that big, big rock that sits under a, a structure. Yeah. Um, the concrete slab. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably what I'm picturing. Yeah. Well, which is also because definitely of, biblical yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. And immovability to it. Um, that just, that's sort of the image I get, the foundational nature of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that is very interesting, Richard. Yeah. I like that you've um, sort of grabbed hold of one verse because that, that I was just having a quick look at the context. It's all about Damascus and Cush and Egypt and Israel is snuck in there as a, some words to Israel as well. So it's hard, it is hard, I think, sometimes when you're reading these big chunks to to get little snippets for me, mm. like for how to apply, but that definitely I identify with the not forgetting myself. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Mm. And uh, Joe, yeah, what have you been uh, reading or thinking about yourself? Well, I've been thinking about um, when someone is talking to me about suffering. Um, we've just had this excellent series on joy at church, as many people will know, um, and as you'll know. And the there's a talk about joy and suffering, and it got me thinking that um, we have this great hope in the character of God and we often want to major on that in the immediate moments Mm. of crisis in suffering. Um, But I thought, okay, well, what about once the immediate crisis has passed and there's almost the the after times Mm. of this, this huge thing has happened and now my life is forever changed and I'm living through the after effects of this suffering or living in this suffering now in the long term. Mm. And um, I happened to be catching up with some growth group leaders who were wrestling with this for someone. They were pastoring. Yeah. And uh, my mind went to this excellent book that you'd recommended to me ages ago and that I read called Together Through the Storm, A Practical Guide to Christian Care yeah. by Sally Sims, yeah. which we both agree is, is a really great book talking all about pastoral care. And there's a chapter in there that we read together, these two growth group leaders and I, and I just found it really interesting because I think it's going to help me moving forward in these conversations that having with people who are living out the suffering into the long term. Okay, yeah. So chapter, Tell us about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Chapter 4 is called is titled Suffering Without Losing Hope and it talks and it's in the context of um, a whole few chapters of thinking about the why of suffering. And then it has this section about making sense of suffering and it has about four or five dot points with Bible references about what God achieves through suffering or what, mm. the, you know, what is achieved through suffering. Yeah, what, what God achieves through suffering. So, if, for instance, one, that we would draw closer to God, um, two, that we would be trained in righteousness and be made more like Christ, um, three, that, that we would develop endurance, character and hope, um, another would be to test our faith and produce steadfastness, mm. and it continues on. Yeah. And... I think as I was reading this chapter with these two women and we were discussing it afterwards, I realised these were some of the verses because it has really helpful Bible verses. It's quite a short, achievable chapter. These are some of the verses that I'd want to go to with someone as they were doing the longer-term processing of suffering. And I found it helpful as I reflected on my life and the things that I've wrestled with and just to think, oh, can I see that I was trained to be more, uh, more like Christ through that suffering? Oh, okay, yes, I can. Or can I see that um, this produced, you know, a steadfast in me, steadfastness in me because it tested my faith? Yeah. Yes, I can see that that is the case. Um, and so I, I thought it was a really great chapter and kind of gave me a little structure, I think, 
as I want to move forward in conversations with people who are you know, facing suffering. Yeah, that's really cool. Very helpful of Sally Sims to have those, that just a list, a simple list of, yeah. Yes, we, we, I was not, yeah. Sorry, we, continue. Oh, yeah, we know it's it's very important not to rush in and say to people, oh, this is why you're suffering. Like, powerful, mm. you know, how foolish that is. But at some point, yeah, it is a time, there is a time for reflecting on mm. what uh, what might be, um, yeah, what might be some good outcomes or some purposes of God long-term across suffering. Mm. And to have it mm. there in the list, uh, the it's the at one hand, it's, it shows you that's not just one answer, um, mm. and uh, on the other hand, it shows you there's lots of things. Um, yes, but not yes. not so specific to say, uh, yeah, this happens so that you would not do this particular thing. It's not superficial or silly like that. Yes, it's not trying to jump to a conclusion that only God can ever make upon our lives. It's more saying, well, this is how we see God explaining suffering to us in the scriptures mm. and so let's engage with that yeah. and i really liked it yeah. yeah so strong recommendation to anyone who's wanting to think more about that yeah from sally awesome mm. well shall we leave it there i think so it was good to chat to you today richard indeed uh i will uh <laughs> chat to you next time uh by which time we'll know who won the state of origin series yes all the best to you brother <laughs> thank you see ya <laughs> see ya